This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. After a run of games against League One teams, happy to stop Kieran McKenna's ITFC from playing. Will the Tractor Boys finally come up against a side actually willing to play us? We'll soon find out. This is the Blue Monday Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and you're tuned into the pre-match show in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. This is the Oxford Away edition and joining me as always to give you the inside track on the big game at the weekend, my good friend Seb Brown. Seb, how are you? Hello, mate. I'm I'm good, thank you. I'm very much looking forward to two huge games at the weekend for obviously the men's team at Oxford on the Saturday, and then the women on uh, against West Ham in the FA Cup on the red button on Sunday for me because I can't get there. But I'm sure, like many many people, I'll be tuning in on the red button at half twelve. Yeah, it's worth um, our intro has been dominated for obvious reasons um, for the men's game, which obviously comes up first. But yeah, we will be talking about West Ham. Um, worth at this stage as well publicizing the interview that we did with five members of the ITFC women's squad um, two of whom sponsored by a blue Monday podcast and our friends, um, Abby Lafayette and Lucy O'Brien, but also great to speak to Eloise King and Anna Gray um, and Maddie Biggs as well. All goal scorers there. So, um, but yeah, big excitement. And yeah, obviously this, this game against Oxford's a real fascinating one. We've, I mean, we are later recording than we usually are because the pair of us have been trying to find, the angles on Oxford. Um, let's Just see turns how out we, they're yeah. really, really good at turns football. And they they score is. lots of goals. So yeah. this was the Blue Monday pre-match show. Thanks for watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, so we, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll drill into Oxford. We'll try and find the weaknesses. We'll at least clue you in to um, to how they play, uh, key personnel, um, and any of the facts and figures that we can dig out as usual. Um, but let's start with uh, talking about uh, the West Ham game, shall we? And yeah, as Seb said, um, BBC Red Button, a 2,000 capacity sellout 
at the Gold Star Ground Sunday at 12.30. Really exciting. There's definitely a buzz around the place. Um, players, as per our interview, um, still available on our podcast and video feed. Um, all really up for this. All really excited. Really interesting to test this, the team against um, WSL opposition. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of ITFC, um, I guess in terms of team news, um, Livia Smith missed out uh, against Cardiff. I'm not sure really what the story is there, um, but if she's um, if she returns, then maybe um, she returns at centre back, and Abby Lefayette moves out to the left, with possibly Eva Hubbard dropping to the bench. But otherwise, it's it's a fully fit squad at the moment. Injuries um, being quite kind, the team, as we mentioned on this interview, on the back of a three-game winning run, and. Um, no taking their feet off the pedals, no one um, stepping away from tackles or keeping themselves out of um, potential injuries because of this West Ham game. So um, really fortunate that everyone um, hopefully is going to be fit. In terms of West Ham, Seb, obviously it's a, it's a, the men's team, we know all about them and it's affiliated to them. Um, and in the WSL, they're very much mid-table, 17 matches played, six wins, six draws, Five defeats last time out, an injury time, a 93rd minute equaliser against Man United, um, which I, I guess is a is a good result. But um, ITFC women haven't played this week. West Ham have quite an arduous game, I would expect. And this is a team that isn't afraid to get stuck in either 21, uh, sorry, 24 yellow cards is the second worst disciplinary record in the league. Um, two red cards is the worst. So no surprise. This just feels like kind of said like that West Ham team of old who were just a bit rough. <laughs> the, yeah, the 90s side with Julian Dix, etc. It's it's a great occasion, isn't it, for for the ladies. I listen to your podcast. I must I must tell everyone, get onto YouTube and make sure you listen to the interview because it is brilliant the way you've got the the five ladies on there and you know the the QA questions were great. And if, if anything, just watch it to make yourself sound old when they're listening to the music <laughs> where they uh, they listen to the songs they they play pre-match. But no, it's a it's a great uh, a great listen and really interesting that you know that the they wanted, I guess, Coventry as a, a realistic option of probably going through to the semi-finals. But what a great, great test against West Ham! You know, a mid-table WSL side. It's going to be a great occasion. It's a complete sellout, isn't it, at the ground? And there'll be loads more of us watching on the uh, uh, on the BBC Red Button. So a fantastic occasion. Let's hope the Gold Stars a bit of a leveller. Uh, they play at Grey's Athletic, don't they? The West Ham ladies. I think they play at Dagenham as well. I I, okay. I, I, I came. I, I announced that, and then. Yesterday, I think they were playing at Dagenham. Um, okay, so but hopefully that the Gold Star will East be a London. great leveler and get yourselves down there, make lots of noise. You know, you discussed on your, your your chat with them about the atmosphere for the Southampton game. So let's really look to crank that up a level. Loads of us watching on the uh, on the red button, and uh, yeah, all the best because what a fantastic occasion it is. And uh, just very briefly, in terms of the pedigree, it's very easy to look at West Ham as a WSL team in mid-table, and we know about the big teams in that division you know the the Chelsea's the Man City's the Man United's the Arsenal's West Ham have got the pedigree as well a you know, key player um Dagny Brinistota has got four goals uh in, in number 10 she's an Icelandic international played in America a really um cultured player really excellent career but you know there's internationals in Mackenzie Arnold in goal um Hawa Sissoko in defense Katarina Svitkova in midfield Lisa Evans is a Scottish international. They've got Champions League experience in Emma Snurl and Kate Longhurst. And all of these names were, I think, pretty much all in the squad 
most of them played actually few on the few um off the bench or in, on the subs bench it'll be interesting seb to see whether how serious west ham take this won't they um well, if, and whether they will rotate yeah but if they're mid-table in the wsl then you'd think they're going to give it a, a, a really good go aren't they surely they'll be looking to put out the first team and i guess in their eyes you know they'll, they'll see it it should in theory for them be a relatively straightforward comfortable win but you know as we all know with with cup games that's never the case i, I think they'll go full strength but i've got a i've got a really good feeling about this one there you go. That, well, I'll clip that one. Well, I was, I was on. positive last week before uh, Paul's before and I, so yeah, maybe. Maybe I, maybe I got the wrong week. Maybe this week is the true positive week. I think yeah, they'll give them a really good game. I think they will. I think so too. And as you say, the Gold Star, a bit of a lever and two, leveler and 2,000 town fans as well. So yeah, come on, you Blues. We are fully behind you. And and as we said on on that interview, um, the season doesn't finish with West Ham. It would be great to get a semi-final. I mean, amazing to get that semi-final. But uh, the team have now got after that Cardiff win, defeat for Oxford, draw for Southampton. It's really opened up um, with Southampton's games in hand now, meaning that even if they won them all, if Town defeated them at the Gold Star at the at the start of April, they'd still be ahead of them in the league. So lots to play for um, and lots more exciting to come. Let's talk about Oxford's there. And, um, yeah, we might as, as well jump. As, We're going to have said, to deal with it, really, aren't we? really, good at football, let's be honest. They're <laughs> an incredibly good side. I was doing my research yesterday, trying to find chinks of uh, chinks in their armour and stuff, and there isn't much. They are a very, very consistent side at this level. You know, we've been down here now for three years. We, we've played a number of games against them, not high-scoring games, as I'm sure we'll come on to. But every year, they tend to finish in the playoffs. I think they're losing the finals it last year in the semi-finals a couple of years before. So they are a very, very well-drilled side at this level. They remind me of us in the late 90s, you know, under Burley, scoring loads of goals, consistent, always up there, looking to sort of move on and improve year on year with some some clever transfers. And yeah, they're just a really good model for a side at this level. Tell us where they are in, in the league and, and the record for, for all it's worth. So sitting fourth in the league as it stands at the moment with 68 points, played 38 games, won 20, drawn eight, lost 10, scored 73 goals, which is the highest in the league. Sunderland are the next closest on 66, I think it is. So they are out and away as the leading to scorers in the division. Conceded 48 goals. So they do concede a few, so potentially a little glimmer there. Uh, only three home defeats in the league against Plymouth, Wigan and Bolton. Uh, and all three of those sides had to score three goals to beat them. Uh, and like Portsmouth last week, they are on a good run of form. They've won six out of their last uh, seven, uh, and they've scored 17 goals in that time. So they are absolutely flying at the moment. Yeah, worth mentioning last match, though, which wasn't as, it was an away game. I, I think it's definitely the, the, the away form isn't as good as the form, which isn't a surprise, really. Um, but... Uh... I'm, I'm looking. I, I was watching the highlights, and I thought Shrewsbury were pretty unfortunate to to end up drawing this one. There's a big chance at two one um, at one all. Sorry, where Bowman skies over the bar from close in, really close in cross. And and to me, if if we're trying to find weaknesses here, the the threat that Shrewsbury had in that game came from crosses. So we need a fit where's Burns crossing into that box. They were not well defended, but it's the usual suspects who are scoring the goals to win them the match overall. 
yeah, Matty Taylor, the their leading scorer. I think he's second in the division behind, or maybe third behind uh, Ross Stewart and um, Cole, Cole Stockton. He opened the scoring on 11 minutes, and then Cameron Brannigan, he of the four, five penalties, was it against Gilligan? Four penalties, I think yeah. it was, wasn't it, a few weeks ago. Uh, won it with a, with a late-on penalty. It's worth saying, we'll come on to discuss their side, but for the last couple of weeks, they've been really, really ripped apart with injuries and COVID. So they've got players playing out of position and players who've barely featured this season having to do jobs uh, when they should really be looking to ease back into the side so although it was a bit of a hard-fought victory against Shrewsbury there are mitigating factors for that with certainly two of the uh, of the back three one's a left back playing out of position and the other one was the club captain making his first appearance of the season so they are decimated at the moment with uh, with injuries and I'm assuming some of the COVID cases might start to drop away and they might start to come back in this coming weekend um, but they've got a lot of injuries as it stands at the moment. Yeah, well, that sounds very similar to Portsmouth last week, doesn't it? And as I, as I mentioned right at the start, we need to we'll have a discussion once we've gone through the system, the personnel, and all the other stats about how we think Oxford are going to approach this one. We didn't really approach, um, didn't really deal with how we thought Portsmouth w- might um, take the game. I, I don't know about you, Seb. I was massively surprised by how happy Portsmouth were to shut the game down, particularly second half, and get I their was. point. Yeah, um, I was, but, uh, the, but we didn't see that all game, did we? We saw that in the second half only. So was it a case that after half time they couldn't deal with the high-tempo start we made after half time, sure. and straight away they wrapped it up? You know, the first half I thought was fairly even, but we didn't really mention the dark arts and s housery on the live show last week did we because i don't think neither of us were really really expecting it because it wasn't uh it wasn't something that stood out in all the research that we did but i guess that shows where we are now you know we we are a side that teams know will like to keep the ball and create opportunities and look to play on the front foot and attack and i guess we need to get more and more used to that because especially if we're going to stay down which let's be honest is looking likely now a lot of sides are going to come to Portman Road next year and set up that way to to frustrate us and I guess McKenna and the coaching staff have to find a way to break those teams down yeah it's I think it's about early goals isn't it it's it's yeah. you if your team has worked all week in setting up to stop us play and then Ipswich score within the first five minutes the plan's out the window isn't it but Oxford as much as we've given them lots of praise in the brief time we've talked about them so far the, the the game of Portman Road said so remind us of that they were doing the dark arts keeper was down with yeah. cramp lots of players doing the old oh cramp oh I'm injured yeah, yeah lots of that went on yeah. and it, that went on all game whereas Portsmouth last week started it in the second half Oxford seemed to be doing it all game it was it was mid November so I think we were on an okay run of form I think it was in the middle of a couple of cup ties if I remember rightly and I guess we were really looking to sort of beat one of the the bigger boys and look to to push on but it was a nil nil draw as it tends to be between us and Oxford since we've come down. We've played five games so far against them. Only one goal has been scored between the two sides. That was two years ago, probably this week or next week, just before the first lockdown kicked in. Other than that, it always seems to be a nil-nil draw, and that was the case in November. I don't remember much about the game. I didn't go, but I can't remember anything standing out from the game. I think they just frustrated us, and we could simply yeah, not find a... a way to, to break them down. Was it was it when Wes Burns was out of the team? Was it that? Possibly, yeah, that rings a bell. I think there were some long-range efforts for both teams. The most clear-cut chance was um, Bailey Clements was in the team at left-back. I think he may have made his league debut and had kind of got into a good position and crossed when he could have shot. And the cross ended up, you know, down the corridor of uncertainty, but no town player on the end of it. So I think we were, I think there were some, maybe some questionable penalty shouts, I think, if I recall as well. But certainly Oxford came for the point and got one. 
Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if that same mindset continues for when they're at home. In terms of the overall record, Seb, you've talked about the League One um, contests being pretty goal shy. Um, we've obviously not played a huge amount against Oxford over the years, but it's not. I mean, it's not a happy hunting ground for us, is it? It's not. No, we were chatting in the green room, weren't we, about the, the head-to-head before we started the, the pod. And we can't find a league win at Oxford, either at the Manor Ground or the Kassam or anything. There are a few draws in there. There's a 3 all from the 98-99 season, which none of us can, neither of us can remember at all. Uh, we seem to be okay at Portman Road against them back in, back in the day in the late 90s and stuff. The overall record is 10 wins for Ipswich, 6 wins for Oxford and 9 draws, three of which have come since we've, four, four of which have come since we've been, been relegated down into League One. But it doesn't appear to be an overly happy hunting ground for us, does it? No, I lost win of any kind as we say if 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 we've missed something and yeah there is there is a league win in there do let us know Mm. but otherwise it's cup wins there was a league cup win in 97 98 there is an uh, a win in the simod cup seb in 89 90 Uh, that used to be called the full members cup and i've no idea what it's about really it was just craig or dave for that one don't we abolished in 1992 but uh yeah no league wins as far as we can tell in terms of their running, we're at the kind of the starting to get towards the business end of the season. So interesting to see what these teams have got, particularly teams who've got stuff to play for, which Oxford certainly have. I guess the question for them is not about will they finish in the playoffs because that seems inevitable. It's can they do anything more? And there's some tough games in there, so. Yeah, they're running. I looked at their running, and it's kind of half and half. It's half games which you would expect them to win fairly easily, and then half sort of quite tough games on the horizon. They've got obviously us on the weekend. They've got Plymouth in a couple of weeks' time away, Sunderland at home, MK Dons at home, and Rotherham away. So they've still got, you know, five, including us, five big teams to play between now and the end of the season. But then equally, the games that they should be expected to win, the remaining games in the running, are the likes of Fleetwood and Doncaster and Morecambe. So you'd expect them to, to sort of batter those, those little sides a little bit. And hopefully look to take some points off like a Sunderland we're looking to kind of chase down uh, obviously Rotherham and MK Dons are gone but this is an example again of where you know a lot of the top top six top eight are going to be playing each other so it's a good chance for us to hopefully if we can do our business on the pitch each weekend hopefully these sides will start to take points of each other and maybe we can just squeeze in there do we want Oxford to be winning these matches I think we probably Yes, Dude, yeah, we, certainly... we can't catch Oxford, can we? Yeah. No, we need we need them to beat the likes of Plymouth and Sunderland, especially. You know, Rotherham's not going to make a difference. MK Dons isn't going to make a difference. But if they can beat Plymouth and Sunderland on back-to-back weekends, uh, and we can win our games those weekends against presumably Cambridge and somebody else, um, then you know we could hopefully start to, to claw back a little bit of ground. And worth noting, those home defeats that we talked about for Oxford have come against Plymouth, Wigan, and Bolton teams who are in form. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do against those. Let's talk very briefly about um, the boss, Carl Robinson, who I've um, rather harshly been badging as streaky Carl for about three years. I guess I need to do away with that moniker. I don't know. It's probably a bit harsh. Um, but he has, as we kind of said there, steady progression year on year. It's a name that Ipswich fans will be familiar with, linked with us a few times, I think, in the last, certainly. In, uh, just after the Mick era, I think, around that yep. time, maybe. Yep. Um, but yeah, he, he's excited for the game, Seb. Uh, he's up for the contest and I guess at this level, a very good manager. He is, yeah. He, he, he signed a four-year deal, I think. Was it the start of last season? A bit like Lambert did with his five-year deal and they went on a really bad run of form. I think they Ooh. were 
bottom bottom third of the table um, up until about sort of September, October last season, if I remember correctly, and then went on a, a brilliant run to, to move up. So he's been there since March 2018. As we said earlier, back-to-back playoff campaigns for the last two years, but never managed to get across the final hurdle. Best known for his time, obviously, MK Dons. He took them into the championship over a game against them with you know Brett Pittman scoring and stuff, and he, he got them to that level. He's, he's managed 222 games for, for Oxford, won 103, drawn 47, lost 72, which is 1.6 points per game, which with some basic math is probably just over 75 points across the season. So, you know, doing what you need to do to kind of finish in the fifth or sixth places, not not this year, but fifth or sixth places in a normal year in a, in, in a playoff campaign. Yeah, he's been very polite, talked about the Ipswich year of the 80s and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's a good place to play and all that stuff. So um, saying all the right things. In terms of what to expect, let's jump in on this. You know, the goals is the big stat here. As you've already said, top scorers in the league, 43 of their 73 goals are at home, unsurprisingly. Um, a lot of goals from outside the area. Um, third most goals from outside the box behind Wickham and Rotherham. Actually second highest on home goals um, from outside the box. Um, second most shots as well from outside the area. Doesn't come really much of a surprise. So this is a team who's not afraid to try their arm. They There's a lot of efforts from golf inside the penalty area. It's not kind of too many six-yard box tappings, quite a lot of 18-yard box goals. But yeah, they will have a shot from range and they've got the players to do that. We'll talk about yep. them shortly. But talk to us about these um, these kind of goals in the 80th minute. They keep going, don't they? That's the thing. You know, they, they keep on going and going inside. So they've scored 16 goals after the 80th minute in matches so far this season. And 10 of those 16 have come since the turn of the year. So wow. this is a side that just keeps on going and going and going. And, you know, I, I saw an interview with uh, Robinson earlier where he was referencing the fact that Wickham won in the 94th minute, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And he was saying they're the kind of goals that, you know, we need to make sure we're on the end of as well because that's going to make the crucial difference come the end of the season. Um, and, and they certainly seem to be a side that just goes and goes and goes at you and you know we need to be make sure that our our fitness levels our our concentration levels are, are on it right to the end because they won't stop until that whistle is blown and they're on well if they maintain this record there's a good chance they they break so a it, career it be a record a club best, yeah yeah, so their record is 91 goals, um, which was done in the 83-84 side, the Jim Smith side. Uh, if they maintain their current 1.9 goals per game, they'll finish on 88. So they'll get very, very close to it. So I guess they'll be looking to, to create a new club record. Yeah, that 7-2 at Gillingham has certainly <laughs> helped get them there. And in terms of the style of play, it's short passing, isn't it? Average possession, about 56%, which is in the, you know, it's the top six. Um, second highest to us on average home possession, 58.5%. Again, the home and away team, as we said, and sure passing makes up. No real surprises there. Sebo's there. and um, But yeah, this, these um, defending stats give us some they do Possible concede. Hope. Yeah, it's a bit of hope. They do concede. So 48 goals conceded. They've only kept eight clean sheets so far in the league. So 38 games played and only eight clean sheets. It's sort of 50-50 in terms of home and away. Um, and they haven't kept a clean sheet at home at the Kassam in 2022. So, you know, hopefully we will get chances. Hopefully we can take them. Uh, I guess when we're describing two similar short possession style sides, we kind of think, is it going to be like MK Dons where we're going to kind of cancel each other out? But hopefully that won't be the case because, you know, they kind of score goals for fun. We've got a very good defence, but they're not great defending either. So hopefully it should be an, an entertaining one. 
Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And it's definitely attacking through the the central positions. They're definitely a, a through ball team. There's there's definitely a bit of pace up front, but they, they like to thread those passes through. So this is something we need to be alive to as well. Very much so, yeah. They like to dominate in sort of the middle of the park and, and look to release people quickly. We'll come on to the formation shortly. There's been a, a formation change recently as a uh, as a consequence of injuries and COVID and stuff, but primarily they were a 4-3-3 side for most of the season and those three in the middle uh, were really looking to launch the attacks for them. And they've had players up front who have got the pace to be able to, you know, it's, part, it's one thing making that pass. It's another thing that player going through and finishing. We'll talk about... Um, Matty Taylor and what he, you know, he, he likes to drop in, doesn't he? But even the, we'll talk about the January business very briefly, shall we? Because one signing who, play that I quite like actually, um, who, but now he's injured, but scored a few goals from those positions is Sam Baldock. Do you want to talk to us about, yeah, about him and the other players that were in and out in January? Yeah, so the, it wasn't an overly busy January for them. They bought in Sam Bulldog. His deal at Derby expired. He was on a you know a, a short-term six-month deal at, as part of the Derby squad. They released him and he, he's joined up there. He's injured now. I think he's got a knee or an ankle injury, so he won't feature on the weekend. Uh, Marcus Brown, another striker, joined from Middlesbrough. He had a couple of loan spells at um, at, at at Oxford uh, and joined permanently. However, the poor guy did his. I think he did his hamstring in his first game back from an ACL injury. So he's likely to be out as well and, and not feature. They brought in Kyron Brown from Cardiff on loan, a defender. Uh, Connor, Connell Truman from Birmingham on loan as well. And the Good only cost. real departure of, of note was Dan Ajayi, who went to Crew. Uh, otherwise, they kind of kept the squad together and, and really looked to you know regroup and, and push on for the final six months of the season. So we're kind of expecting this three at the back. I mean, this is the this is the this, trend now. It's like John McGreal yeah. kind of stuff. And <laughs> Kieran McKenna's made it even more so. But lots of teams just convert to this three at the back. But it feels, as you mentioned, 
largely it's been imposed upon them by um, absences, hasn't it? Very much so, yeah. So a lot of this we'll go through now has the caveat of the fact we're recording on the Thursday and if people have recovered from their COVID illnesses in the Oxford camp, it could well revert back to a a 4-3-3. If we assume they're going to stick with the back three and match us up, then it's going to be Luke. Also, goalkeeper first. So Simon Eastwood made his first start in two months against Shrewsbury. He's only made 12 appearances so far this season. The regular number one, Jack Stevens, who's made 24 appearances, was out with COVID. So he might well come back in if he's he's fit to return. Turn. The back three. So this is what we were saying about the Tuesday night game with players out of position. So Luke McNally will, will, will be one of the centre halves. He'll play uh, 22 appearances, three goals. John Messino is the club captain, but he's 35 now. He started at the centre of defence, and the game against Shrewsbury was his first game of the season. So in the interview today, yeah, on the, with you the can club tell side, that, they, yeah, say- they. They were saying, you know, he's probably not going to be able to make two games in uh, uh, in, in, in quick succession. And their left-back, Steve Seddon, uh, who's made 35 appearances, two goals and six assists. He's quite a good outlet for them down the left. He had to slot into the left-centre-back centre, center back position because of the injuries that they've got. Those injuries are to Kyan Brown and to Sam Long. They're both established centre-back defenders and, and, and they can cover their right-back position, who both went down with COVID. So if we assume they're both going to come back in, I would assume Kyron Brown comes into the centre for John Messina you know, or they revert to a back four and Sam Long comes in a, a right back. Yeah, worth me- Elliot Moore is a is another name there and I think his ankle injury, depending, I think Oxford might be putting out kind of conflicting stories in case there's some possibility there. So he might be there too, but yeah, it'd be interesting. At the moment, we're kind of speculating, aren't we? Yeah. I, I wouldn't be massively surprised if they persist with the three at the back purely because it matches them up to us. Yeah. But as you say, it, it, it's a proven formula so far this season for them. So they'd be, yeah, foolish to can to to not do it if they had the personnel to to revert back. Do you want to talk to us about the in this three slash five at the back system, the wide guys? The wingbacks, yeah. So player I really like, boys. Mark Sykes. The wide boys. I really like Mark Sykes. He'll play yeah. in the right wing back role. Again, he's normally a much more advanced kind of player, a bit like Wes Burns, you know, playing the right wing back role for us. 33 appearances, eight goals and four assists. Uh, the heat map shows that he really likes to be forward. He normally plays more advanced, so he's doing a job there for them. And the left wing back will be Ryan Williams. 26 appearances, two goals and four assists. And he can either, he can cover on, both flanks, a bit of a, I think a bit of a, a bit of a Kane Vincent Young, you know, he can do a job on both sides if need be. Um, but Mark Sykes is the one who's really looking to, he's really playing out position at the moment. We, we need to talk about Cameron Brannigan and get man. it done, don't we? <laughs> the star man, yeah. So Cameron Brannigan, obviously an absolutely key player. Came through at Liverpool, didn't he? The Liverpool Academy, I think it was. Rings a bell, yeah. I think we might so, have that in the first show, yeah. Yeah, it's obviously a very good you know, technical player if you come from that kind of level. 35 appearances, 13 goals. He is the penalty taker um, as of the four goals against Gillingham. One assist. He does like to drift left slightly and link up with, when Seddon was the left back, he likes to kind of drift up with him. Averages 2.7 shots per game and one 1.4 key passes per game. So he's the man that is going to look to really, really make them tick. He has Herbie Kane alongside him, who does all the defensive screening, all the defensive jobs, and just says to Cameron Brannigan, you go and do your thing, and don't worry about this. I'll be, I'll, I'll sort of sweep up back here and look after the back. So he is the real, real danger man. We'll come on to Ipswich. Is Sam Morsey going to play? Is he going to last? Is he going to be at 100%? You know, that central midfield battle on Saturday is going to be absolutely crucial And who comes out with this game. Because if we give Brannigan time and space on the ball, he will really hurt us. Worth mentioning. I mean, there's some key absentees in midfield, aren't there? James Henry is a, is a name that I think we all know. 
Alex yeah. Gorin we mentioned in the in the first in the home pre-match show. Yeah, he's back in. He's, he's had an ACL since the start of November or late October. He's back in training on the grass this week, but they don't expect him to play this season at no. all. James Henry's been out for the last three weeks, and they've got Marcus McGrain and Billy Bodin, who are sort of bench options in the last the last couple of weeks. But I'd be amazed if it wasn't Cameron Brannigan and Herbie Kane as the, the two central midfielders. Yeah, Bodin's kind of one one time Bristol Rovers striker, wasn't he? I think he's been moved into a into a more um, a deeper position there. Yeah. Um, but I think is yeah, I think he's made an impact from the bench. Uh, Nathan Holland is a name that I remember from our first show as well on loan from West Ham. Talk to us about him. Yeah, so primarily a left a left sided attacker, left winger, left left forward. Uh, he's sort of doing a job in the the number ten attacking role for them in the meantime with this formation switch. Twenty nine appearances, four goals and uh, and four assists, and he's having to play more central. Whereas naturally, he, in the four three three, he's kind of the wide left option to Mark Sykes's wide right option either side of Matty Taylor. But he's doing a job in the number ten role for them at the moment. And you mentioned Matty Taylor; he's having yeah, a great season too. The main guy, isn't he? Yeah, 36 appearances, 19 goals. If you look at the heat map, he kind of likes to drop slightly deeper onto the right side of the the advanced position to try and link play with normally Sykes again on the right hand side, but he is the absolute key danger man. And then in the in the in the three five two they've been playing, uh, Gavin White, who again is playing out because he's not a natural striker, he's playing alongside him. Um, but again, he's primarily a right forward, so he tends to drift out a little bit to the right hand side as well. He's made 29 appearances with one goal and 10 assists but yeah he's not a natural out and out striker because yeah. they've got the injuries they've got as we said Marcus Brown the guy from Middlesbrough has been out for the last five weeks uh, Sam Bulldog's out for weeks with with an ankle injury uh, uh, sorry a knee injury and they have got Sam Whittle formerly Sheffield Wednesday um, he's yeah, like a, big money you know, at one point yeah isn't he? at one point yeah he's, he's a kind of a bench option for them but Matty Taylor is the main guy it's all about him yeah, I, I, it does feel like their attacking options do lend themselves better to that that front three. Where, but it's worth mentioning here as well that this key intangible that goes through this team is confidence. Brannigan, high on confidence. Sykes, high on confidence. Um, Matty Taylor, high on confidence. Scored a really lovely goal against Burton. Kind of um, cross came in and he volleyed it in the, in the near post a few weeks back. Really, yeah, uh, these are the kind of players that when they're high on confidence will try stuff, particularly these long shots. Brannigan, we know about that as well. So this is a fact. As much as the formation and this, the way that Robinson sets them up is is important, these are just players who have got goals and assists in their games and yeah. are right now on in, on great form as well. And stuff just happens, doesn't it? It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Worth mentioning, we don't usually do this, but I thought I'd add, add some additional context into the mix um who the referee is for the day uh, mark edwards um who has dished out 57 yellows and two reds um in league one league two and league cup so far this season last time out refereed rotherham one mk dons two and sent off mk's dan harvey um i think pretty much halfway through the first half um i think it was a denying a goal scoring opportunity shoved someone over for a penalty and got a straight red but there you go i'm, I'm not I've no angle on that one, but I thought we'll bring the information. Um, let's talk about Ipswich, Seb. I, we know we've we've kind of the the um, agenda this week has been we. There's a lot of news that we want to give to the flagship show yeah. team. More on that shortly. Um, stuff about buying space behind the south stand and other announcements like that. So the guys will talk through that on the flagship show. But we do know that. 
Caden Jackson will be missing for the rest of the season now. So really sad news and especially as he'd come into some form. It's such a shame, isn't it? You know, he was he was gone. They triggered the extension last last summer. Everyone thought he was going to be out the door. He was nowhere near the Paul Cook sides. He made the occasional appearance in the, the EFL trophy games and stuff. And he, by all accounts, worked really hard, got himself back into first-team contention. McKenna clearly really, really likes him. He has something that the other strikers don't have, that raw, explosive pace. And it's such a shame for him because I think he probably would have featured in most of the games between now and the end of the season because that that running of the channels down the left-hand side was really, really proving successful, wasn't it? You know, the the cutbacks for, for, for the goals recently. And it's such a shame for him that I, I thought it was a, a shoulder injury on the weekend when he went down. That's the impression I got. But obviously it was his hamstring. We saw the picture where he slams his shirt to the, the floor out of pure frustration. And I guess there's a theory that might be his last appearance in a town shirt. I think he's deserving of a new contract. I think he probably mm-hmm. will get one, probably a year with a year option type deal. Uh, because McKenna clearly, clearly likes him, but not having him in that side and having that ability to press from the front uh, is, is really going to hurt us for the last eight games, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that one, particularly as I, I don't the know options what he'll do. behind Sorry. him aren't, aren't in particularly good form, are they? Yeah, I, I don't know what he'll do. Part of me wouldn't be surprised if he does the pep and plays, you know, the three behind and Sonny Aluko or something. I, I don't know what he'll do with this one because... Yeah, you know, as we said, as you said, Norwood, Bond, Piggott, none of them are in, in great form. None of them can really look to to press from the front like Jackson can with his pace. So that's a really interesting one. I, I assume he'll go Macaulay Bond, I guess. Um, yeah, I was wondering that. We we talked about the the threat the Oxford aren't great at defending from crosses from the yeah. wide positions. So maybe that's a strategy that you know Wes Burns and Macaulay Bond have linked up well earlier in the season in that fashion so maybe that's the strategy that he might try Piggott is obviously an option that's there or thereabouts and you saw him at Fleetwood and he was decent in that game but yeah there's no as always it's it's these positions at the front that we're always speculating on and typically McKenna springs a, a little bit of a surprise but I'd be yeah I'd expect Selena to play I'd expect yeah. He Chapman talked to Selena this week, didn't he? Yeah, so Selena's been spoken up today. Chaplin was probably man of the match, wasn't he, against Portsmouth? I thought he played well. He was buzzing around everywhere and getting involved. So those two, I would think, would play. And then it'll be yeah, a case of who's the who's the central one. We shall see. The, the big Morley, question, I guess. Yeah, yeah so it, it sounds like it's exactly the same as a week ago. It sounds like he's... Well, he's not trained. He was out on the grass today, wasn't he? So he's not trained. Will he train tomorrow and will he... Will he start? I mean, even in those first, what was it, eight, nine minutes against Portsmouth, he, you could tell he was, you know, the, it was very heavily strapped, wasn't it? And he wasn't moving around that freely. So how do you look at it? Is it is it too much of a risk to, to potentially start and maybe lose him for games later down the line? Or do you think we've got to win this game there? You know, they've got such a song, strong central midfield. Therefore, we've got to have our best players out on the pitch. So I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I guess if there's any doubts, they probably won't risk it because it hampered us last week by the fact we'd had to make two subs by half-time. You know, I guess that will come into their thinking. And if he doesn't, I'm assuming Backinson will definitely be one. Lee Evans is still out injured. So Tom Carroll kind of grew into the game a bit last weekend, I thought. Will he get a start? El Mazzuni's got a knock. You know, it's an area of the pitch where... Where's John Nolan? Why did we let John Nolan go? Boo, bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> it's suddenly an area of the pitch where we're, we're struggling a bit, aren't we? Yeah, and um, Idris Umazuni, we're not knock, sure the story there. Yeah. No, he had a knock, they said. Carroll was sick and we only made the bench on Saturday morning. So maybe if he's had a full week of training, he could be the one to look to to come in alongside Backinson. But 
given the strength of 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 Brannigan and Kane in their midfield, I don't think it's a game for dropping Selina back alongside Backinson. I think you need two no. combative midfielders in there who are going to snap away and and look to break up play and disrupt their rhythm. And ideally, Morsey will start, but you know, I guess we don't. It's it's a big big risk. And McKenna has spoken very positively about us imposing ourselves on Oxford. I'll get your prediction for this match in a second, but give me give me a sense of how you think this one will play out and whether, you know, the the question that we asked right at the start, will will Oxford go for it? Will Ipswich go for it? Will we have a, a three two or is it gonna be shut down central and it will be another nil nil, which as as we said is the kind of is the typical scoreline when we play in League One at the moment. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a nil-nil. I think it'll be a draw for what it's worth. I, I, I'm going for a one-all draw because they score tons of goals. We don't concede many, and I guess you know, hopefully we've got a we've got a goal in us. I, I'd, I'd be surprised if we had the the same dark arts and s housery that we had at Portman Road. I'd, I'd be amazed they did that in front of their own fans at this stage of the season because they'll still have designs on the on possibly gate crashing the you know the second place position, won't they? They'll you know for for them their their playoffs like you said are, are a guarantee almost. So I'd be surprised if we see that. I guess too heavily short passing possession sides. There's always a fear you might cancel each other out. So um, I'd be surprised if it's a rip-roarer. I'm going for a for, for a one-all um, and a pretty close game, as they have been ever since we've come down and played against them. Yeah, I think you're probably right with that prediction. However, I'm going to predict a 3-2, but I'm not going to say who to. Wow, I think, you think it'll be a, a rip-roarer. Can, we'll I just concede, think they'll go for it. We'll concede two goals or three goals. Uh, yeah, I just think at this point in the season... What's the point in holding back? Do you know what I mean? And, but I do think... But, but you know, we, we don't hold back, do we? Wolfner's making no, his no, no. 100th but, appearance. and I, I wouldn't say they hold back. And you know, Danassian gets up in support of Burns. And I just think we look so solid. Like, I couldn't see us conceding two, surely. I, or three. Yeah, well, they, that's why I'm kind of... that. What I've given you is, is kind of a bold, kind of fun, extra prediction. I think it will be a 1-1, as you say. But I, yeah. I quite like the idea of a 3-2. And if, if there is going to be a game where there's going to be five goals in it, it's going to be away at Oxford who score for fun at home and could score from anywhere on the pitch. And um, maybe it's a game for Selena to finally ping one from 30 yards. You know, I mean, we've had the lob, haven't we, yeah. uh, against Crew? So maybe it's time for him to repeat what he did at Leeds and um, QPR. QPR and stuff, and, yeah. yeah, so that, that's, that's, that's my logic. So we shall see. Uh, but worth mentioning, of course, that the guys on the flagship show will be back to talk about that game win, lose or draw available Monday morning. Um, it will be Mikey, Dave and Joe. Worth did a bit of housekeeping, a bit of a different format this week. We've we've not had time to do a proper sliding doors prep. That's my fault, um, though it's not any conspiracy theory because I won last week. So yeah, okay. it's not as if I'm trying to go out on on a you know on on top because we haven't even put the league table up so sliding doors will be will be back we'll also can I say look, mine and i can win the vote automatically then uh by default <laughs> no i've got a, i've got i've got something in my back pocket that i just need more time to think about so sliding doors will be back one okay, way or the sounds, other next sounds week. mysterious okay um but lots of bits and pieces going on with the pod, which kind of e- explains my lack of preparation. So, yeah, we talked about the flagship show. That will be out on podcast audio as at the usual time. We're currently looking into what happens on YouTube because I'm because every time I kind of set the YouTube video to go out at 7 a.m., 
it seems a bit weird. And we do the, this premiere thing where you effectively have to watch the video through. You can rewind what's been played so far, but you can't skip ahead to what's to come. So you have to wait till the show's done to be able to see it. And 7am just seems a bit crazy to put videos out. So the hope in the long term is that we can put stuff out earlier than Monday morning. Um, but podcast audio will say the same. YouTube, we're just experimenting. We did a tweet about this. Um, so this show will um, you'll have seen will have been out on podcast past podcast audio and then the video came out at midday so we're giving it a go give us your th- feedback at blue monday itfc if we've done something that you fundamentally disagree with or if you think we can do it better happy to take that feedback the other thing to draw your attention to as well we mentioned the itfc women interview um, that's still available and and hopefully lots of insights for folk who are familiar or not with that team and, and their season so far. Uh, all the information you need at bloommondayitfc.co.uk for all of our shows, all of our video feed, podcast feed, socials, all that fun stuff. But hopefully Friday during the day, we'll, have, uh, we'll add another, an additional way to interact with us. Probably the most interactive way that you can interact with us, if I haven't used that word too much. Um, not going to say too much now because it's just being finalized, but um, another option to get involved with us, which will soon become clear. So very excited about that. Um, more information. We're not going on OnlyFans, are we? We are not going... Wow, brilliant. No. Uh, you can do whatever you want, Seb, but yeah, we are not doing that. I don't know. Where did that come from? Don't know. Just all of it. Brilliant. Off the top of your head. Good. You make your own conclusions on that one, folks. So yes, plenty of plenty going on on Blue Monday. Lots more exciting stuff to happen. And we hope to have another interview coming up soon as well. But again, don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So plenty going on. BlueMondayITC.co.uk at BlueMondayITC on Twitter. And that is your lot. So I will say thank you, everyone, if you've made it this far. Thank you for joining us. And I will hand over to Seb for the final word. Two big games this weekend, Seb. Lots of excitement. Send us out with positivity and energy. Two absolutely massive games. Have a great time, everyone, going to the to the Kassam uh, on on Saturday. Huge game for the men's side. And then, if you're just, not at the sorry, gold star- just just worth adding. If you've still got time, don't forget to book your table at TGI Fridays in the Entertainment Complex at Oxford. Otherwise, it gets a bit of a free for all there. I've got history there, so there's some citizens' advice for you. Sorry, Seb, you were saying. Have a great time, everyone, going to Oxford. Don't have any food meltdowns pre-match, as a, as a certain host of this podcast may have done in the past. And if you're not at the Gold Star on Sunday, make sure you're in front of the telly, BBC One, red button, half 12, to cheer on the girls in the FA Cup quarterfinals. Uh, a great weekend for both sides. Best to both sides. And come on, you blues. <laughs> The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, 
They are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.